0: Father in heaven, we thank you that you're, you've brought us all here together and that you are here with us and uh, that you want us to be filled with your joy and guide our thoughts and our attention and all that we do interacting with one another today according to your will. In Jesus' name, amen. Mm-hmm. So uh, we've been looking at a, a um, quote from the book Ministry of Healing that says, The only security for any soul is right thinking. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. And so we, we bit, we've been through how happiness is good for you and showing the medical side of it as well as the quotes from the Spirit of Prophecy in the Bible and how a merry heart is good like medicine and how that is proven from science. So health is good for you. Uh, or happiness is good for your health. Um, the other thing that we were looking at is how your thinking is influenced by the things that you look at. And so you can prime your mind in a certain direction right from the time that you wake up in the morning. And then I gave you some suggestions about how to prime your mind. Do you remember some of those things? Yes. What were they? To sing, to sing? To yes. Sing. Song is a weapon. And so we were singing. What was that song that we sang yesterday? This, this is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Okay, what, was that? what other things did... An attitude of gratitude. And so writing out three things that you're thankful for, at least three things every single day. And that can be anything. That can be the food you ate for lunch or the time that you spent with a friend or that you have a wonderful family or that you have eyesight and other people don't. You know, there's so many things to be thankful for. Mm -hmm. If you do that every single day, you're priming your mind in the right direction. Okay, what else? Um, write Write a letter. Write a letter to someone expressing your gratitude towards them. Okay. Anything else you can remember?
1: And then what was the third one? Promises.
0: Promises. Promises, Yes. Promises. Promises Focus on the power of promises in God's word. And so when you wake up in the morning to say to yourself, this is the first text that I'm going to look at, right? His text, the Bible texts every single day. Um, For the first hour, you're not going to pick up another device, just this device, God's word. Okay, so today we're going to look at, and we looked at um, a, a quote um, that from, from the Bible in uh, John chapter 15, verse 11, and it was quoted today here by Jim Castor, and that is where Jesus says, these words, these words I have spoken to you that my, what, joy might be in you and that your joy might be full. So we're going to look at that. What does that mean, the joy of the Lord? And so that's what we're going to look at today. So I wanna start by asking you a question. What would you attempt if you knew that you could not fail?
1: What would you do if you knew for sure that you weren't gonna fail? Fly. Fly,
0: fly. okay. <laughs> you could jump off this building and just fly. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> okay?
1: Everyone else?
0: What would you attempt if you knew that you attempted it, you couldn't fail?
1: You would just be able to do Start it. Start a new business.
0: Start a new business, very good, mm-hmm. okay.
1: What about you? Swim? Swim. Swim, oh,
0: okay, <laughs> swimming. Okay.
1: Okay, so there was a, con- a Canadian blogger by the name of Carl McDonald. Has anyone heard of Carl MacDonald before? So one day he was looking down at his desk and he saw a red paper clip and so he thought to himself I remember this game that people play called bigger and better where you trade something small for something bigger and better and then you repeat so you keep on trading. So he said, "I wonder what would happen if I took this red paper clip and I tried to trade it."
0: So what did he have to lose? Nothing. okay. So do you think he could succeed? Yeah. yeah. Uh, so he, he put this thing on Craigslist, a red paper clip, <laughs> and he said, "Would anyone like to trade me for something bigger and better?" And two girls had a pen shaped like a fish. And they, so they said, we will trade your red paper clip for our pen shaped like a fish. Mm-hmm. And so here's the picture of the trade. So he gave them a red paper clip. And they, and they gave him a pen shaped like a fish. Was it bigger and better? Yeah. Yes. So he's already successful.
1: Okay, next. Someone offered him a doorknob with a crazy face on it for the fish tank, right? And then he received a camping stove for the doorknob. Oh, wow.
0: So he kept trading. Was he getting bigger and better? Yes. Now he's got a camping stove and he started off with a red, red. red paper clip. So Kyle received a number of bigger and better gifts. He traded that camping stove up and he ended up with a snowmobile. Someone gave him a snowmobile and then he kept trading. Some of the trades led him to, he received a gift for two, which was a trip to the Rockies for two. Okay. And then he traded that up. He ended up getting a big moving truck, a box truck. So he started with a red paper clip. This is He's not even a year into this thing, okay? And he keeps on putting on Craigslist, and he gets bigger and better, bigger and better, bigger and better. He starts off with a red paperclip, and now he's got a moving truck. Could it get bigger and better than that? Well, after nine months, he had one year's free rent in Phoenix, Arizona. Is that bigger and better? Yes. I think that's bigger and better than a red paperclip. And I think I would have stopped right there. I would think, man, I've got a whole year's free rent in a very warm climate, right? <laughs> Arizona, you know, Phoenix, Arizona. But he didn't stop there. He thought, I'm in it for a whole year. I'm going to see what I can get out of this in one year. Started with what?
1: So, yeah, he started a with a red paper. Red clip, paper and now clip. got this free rent. But he was only nine months into this trading, so. Then what he decided to do, it wasn't good enough for Kyle, right? And he wanted to see how much bigger and better he could get. And finally, after 14 online trades, over the course of a year, he ended up with a two-story farmhouse in Kipling, Saskatchewan.
0: Is that crazy or what? Is that success? So he started with a paperclip 12 months before. 12 months later, he ends up with a two-story farmhouse in Kipling, Saskatchewan. He didn't just stop there. He took this, this farmhouse and he turned it into a successful restaurant that is called today the Red Paperclip Cottage in Cafe Kipling, Cafe. sorry, ca- Cafe in Kipling, Saskatchewan. Is that amazing? Yeah. Was he f- afraid? No, he didn't have anything to lose. He started with a red paper clip. What was he going to lose? And he went all the way up to a house, which he turned into a restaurant. Still there today. And he's quite successful. Okay? so he's, And he's got no mortgage. <laughs> Is that thinking positively or what? Okay?
1: Mm-hmm. So, what would you attempt if you could not fail? If
0: you knew you couldn't if fail. If you
1: knew you could not fail, right? Let's take this into the realm of faith in God. And trusting his promises, what would you attempt for Jesus if you knew you could not fail? Mm. The Bible assures us, for nothing is impossible with God. Luke 1, verses 37. Let's all say that together. For,
0: for nothing, nothing is, is impossible, impossible with God. God. So, with God, things just keep getting what? Bigger and better. Right. So I want to take us to the story of Moses, and it's found in Exodus, Exodus chapters 3 and 4. In Exodus chapter 3, verses 7 and 8, it says that Moses came to the burning bush. You know the story. And the Lord is speaking to him. He says, I have in fact seen the affliction or the suffering, the desolation of my people who are are in Egypt. So they're suffering, they're slaves, and God says, "I see, I see their condition. I see that they're not happy, and I want to make them happy because that's what God wants to give us." And he and he says, "I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters, their oppressors. For I know their pain and their suffering. So I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and to bring them up from the land, from that land to the land that is good and spacious, a land flowing with milk and honey. is a, It's a land of plenty. So Moses asks a question, and he asks this question in Exodus 4, verse 1. He says, what if they will not believe me or take me seriously? And what if they say to me, huh, God has not really spoken to you. Mm-hmm. The Lord has not appeared to you. And then the Lord said to him, What is?
1: What is in that in your hand? Right? He asked him, What is that in your hand?
0: And and he turns around and he says, What? It's just a staff. It's just an old stick. It's like a useless red paper clip, right? It's nothing. It's nothing. It's worth nothing. So, God takes nothing, and he can turn it into everything. I mean, if if one man can take a red paperclip and trade up and get bigger and bigger and bigger better, and then eventually he ends up with a house just by putting it on Craigslist after one year, what can God do with a staff? Okay?
1: Mm -hmm. Let's Um, take a look at Hebrews 11 in verse 3. It says, The worlds were framed by the word of God so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible. In other words, the Bible is telling us that God made, He created everything. He made everything out of nothing. Nothing. Right? At least Moses had a stick or a staff in his hand. Uh-huh. and Carl MacDonald started with a red paper clip. Uh-huh. God had nothing. He made something out of nothing. He made everything, everything out of nothing. right? you see? We have nothing to worry about when we place our trust in God, mm-hmm. right? We don't have to worry about our bank accounts, if we have enough money, if mm-hmm. we have enough clothes, if we have food. No. God is always there, and he can make everything out of nothing,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right? He will provide.
0: He will provide. I want to share a story with you. Have any of you ever been to Bermuda? Some of you? Okay. Bermuda's big island, small island. It's about 37,000 people there. Okay. It's not that big yeah. for a population. And there was a man on that island who, at the age of 63, his name is Johnny Barnes. Any of you ever heard of Johnny Barnes? Okay. 63 years old, and he was a bus driver. Before that, he was an electrician. And so, driving a bus finally retired. He's 63 years old. He's a Seventh-day Adventist. And he he goes home and he's reading his Bible. He gets up early in the morning, three o'clock in the morning. He reads his Bible. He prays to God and he says, Lord, I'm retired, but I like people. I like sharing the message. And nobody really wants to talk to me. You know, I'm just an old retired guy. And so what can I do? And he's praying to the Lord and he's reading the the Lord's Word. And he gets this message from the Lord. Tell people I love them. Just tell them I love them. Yeah, but I I know that. I know that. I know you love them. But just tell them that I love them. So he says, where? So the Lord says to him, go to Crow Lane. And he knows that on Crow Lane, that's the place where all the traffic has to go. So he goes down to Crow Lane and all the traffic that goes into Hamilton, which is the capital of Bermuda, and has to go out of, 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 of Hamilton, they have to go by this roundabout. Okay. And it's called the foot of the lane. And so he goes down there and he stands there three forty-five in the morning. And he says to people, God loves you. God loves you. God loves you. And he stands on that corner from three forty-five in the morning until 10 in the morning. So he's there for what? Six in six hours and 15 minutes. And then from there, he goes to the hospital. He visits people. The next day, he gets up and he does the same thing. And the next day, and the next day. He doesn't just do it for a week. He doesn't do it for a month. He doesn't do it for a year. He doesn't do it for two years. He doesn't do it for 10 years. He doesn't do it for 20 years. He does it every single day, Monday to Friday, for 30 years. This man is on that corner, and everyone who sees him knows who Johnny Barnes is. He,
1: he doesn't be- just shout, God loves you. He's like, I love you. God loves you. I love you. <laughs> and he's blowing kisses, right? <laughs> on, the side of, on, the, on the street. And right? so much so, he
0: becomes so famous that he's even knighted by the Queen of England. Okay? Now, you didn't know who he was. But El- Queen Elizabeth knows who he is. Okay? <laughs> and so I they... What's that? She doesn't know you, but she knows Johnny Barnes and everybody on the island knows Johnny Barnes. If you were to go to, to the island of Bermuda and you got off the plane and you said to someone, you know Johnny Barnes, they say, Johnny Barnes, everybody knows Johnny Barnes, right? Because he they know him. Every single person who lives there. He's known as Mr. Happy Man. Yeah. Okay. So he stands on that corner, and everyone calls him Mr. Happy Man. And they made documentaries about him. If you look online, you'll find out all kinds of things about Johnny Barnes. So he stands there every day, and he he greets the people, and you can see little children will come up to him, big you know adults, and in fact, there's so many stories about Johnny Barnes. Uh, this lady, she was in this one documentary. There's quite a few actually of, of things talking about this person, and and so this lady, she's going around, and she's she's pregnant, and she's on her way to the hospital, and she says to her husband, Johnny Barnes didn't look at me. You got to go around the, the around the roundabout again. And so they keep on driving around the roundabout until she catches eye with Johnny. She says, Okay, now I'm fine. I can, I'll be fine. I can Johnny go to the Barnes hospital. Said
1: I love you. I love you. It's okay. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> in actual fact, there was one time that Johnny Barnes got sick. And so he was actually hospitalized for two days. And the radio station was inundated with calls of people asking, where's Johnny Barnes? Yeah. Right? Is he okay? Like, what happened? It
0: was frantic. Yeah. I mean, everybody in the island, where's Johnny Barnes? Where is he? And, and it's like, we don't know. And so they phoned up the hospital. He's in the hospital and and then they told him he's in the hospital of course people go and visit him in the hospital what would happen to me would people miss me yeah
1: if you don't show up. if i didn't show up
0: for work right Do, does everyone know who i am it doesn't they don't have to know who i am but you know this is important so he became so famous that the people on the island spent seventy thousand dollars and put up a statue of johnny barnes and he it's a it's a bronze statue the only statue of anyone who is actually coming from the island, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's other statues of like, you know, people who are from England and stuff like that, you know, or some saint or whatever. Okay, so Johnny Barnes is standing on the corner and he continues to say, God loves you, I love you. He gets up very early in the morning and he prays. One one of the things that he does, he, he, he quotes the Psalms where he says, My voice shalt thou hear in the morning. In the morning, I will direct my prayer unto thee and will look up. And this man, he really lives his faith. People come to church because of Johnny Barnes, right? So many people. He has one message. What's the message? God loves you. That was the only thing God told him to do. He just had like a little red paper clip, right? Just a little thing. But what did he do with that, right? He turned it into something that was... Can you imagine if one soul is in the kingdom? Is, there's great joy in heaven, right? We're talking about the joy of the Lord. And so Johnny Barnes, for the last thirty years of his life, he died in, in, in 2016. So in when he retired, he was 63 years old in 1986. From nineteen eighty six until 2016, for five days a week, he would spend at least six hours on that corner telling people that God loves them. At least six hours a day. And then from there, he would go to the hospital and he'd vi- visit people in the hospital and he'd visit people on the street. Everyone on the island knew who he was. I think that's a beautiful story.
1: And he lived until the rough old age of 93. Right? That's right. So he died at the age of 93.
0: So oh. there, we, we've gone over this, this um, uh, quote from the book mm-hmm. Steps to Christ and it says that the Lord would have all of his sons and daughters what? <laughs> Happy. So... This is what right thinking is all about. He wants us to be happy. Mm -hmm. When God created the universe, there was no unhappiness and never had been any unhappiness until Lucifer started saying that God was not just. Mm -hmm. And still, until he started questioning God's character. And, you know, the very act of looking for evil in others develops evil in those who look. So he looked up at God and he said, Hey, you are evil. And it didn't make God evil it turned him, a perfect angel, into a devil. And we don't want to look at others and... and, and it's, it, he, that was wrong thinking. We don't look, want to look at others and, and think evil of them. We want to think the best of others. When we look for the best in others, we bring out the best in them. So here's the expression that we really want to focus on, and it's this one, my joy or the joy of the Lord. These things, Jesus says, I have spoken to you. That's why this is called your guidebook to happiness, the Bible. And so this is God's guidebook to happiness. And it says, these things have I spoken to you that my joy might remain in you and that your joy might be what? Full. Mm
1: -hmm. So what does Jesus mean by my joy? So Kyle McDonald started with a red paperclip and traded it up for something bigger and better, and he wound up with a two-story farmer.
0: Looks like a pretty joyful guy to me, doesn't he? <laughs>
1: and God called Moses to be a mighty leader when Moses felt like he could do nothing but herd sheep. Mm-hmm. And God asked him this big question, What is in your hand? Mm. And that's the big question. What is in your hand? What has God placed within your sphere of influence? Or what kind of talents do you have? You know, Matthew 25, it says God gives everyone at least one talent.
0: It's absolutely true. At least one talent. Remember, there was one that got five. Another one got two. And one guy w- got one. So you have at least one talent. Mm-hmm. I remember talking about this with a, a group of students, and one girl put up her hand and she said, can you tell me what my talent is? I don't think I have a talent, right? <laughs> and she did. She had a talent, and she mm-hmm. used it very, very well. But once you identify what are those talents? Here's some that I'm going to put up on the screen. And you may have one of those, or maybe a number of those, or maybe it's not one that's put up on the screen. Mentioning here, some people have wealth, some people have health. I mean, intelligence Happiness, you can share those talents. Time, Ellen White even says, time is a talent that we universally have. We all have that. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do with it? Creativity, compassion, scientific insight, mechanical skills, whatever skills or talents God has given you. Here's here's the big question It's, it's from Christ's Object Lesson. It says, The talents, however few, are to be put to use. The question that most concerns us is not how much have I received. But what am I doing with that which I have? Not how much have I received. Because if you ask that question, how much have I received, you're using a question of comparison. And when you and use a question of comparison... That's a
1: cancer. Yeah, right? it is. When we compare, that's a cancer, right?
0: Because so if you have a small ice cream and someone has a large ice cream, you don't feel good about your ice cream. I mean, but if you have the big one, you feel better, right? And it's, it's, it's not good to compare, okay? <laughs> yeah. It just doesn't work out well.
1: So this is what the Lord said to the faithful servants who invested their talents. His Lord said to him, Well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord.
0: So he says here, I have given you this and you have multiplied it. I'm going to give you more. And then he says, enter into what? The joy, the joy of the Lord. What is that? Yeah, I think it's heaven. But what really happens in heaven? This is, this is uh, Albert Schweitzer says this. And, you know, he probably should know because he, he sacrificed. And, and he was a doctor and he served with love in Africa. And this is what he said. He says, this one thing I know, the only ones of you that will be truly happy will be those who have, what? Sought and found how to serve. Mm-hmm. So service is a huge thing when it comes to experiencing joy. We'll, we'll show you that more and more as we go along here. Uh, We talked about Martin Seligman yesterday. He's called the the father of the happiness psychology, and uh, he wrote a number of books on happiness. And if you look online, you can see Martin Seligman. He's really the forefront of this, and he does a lot of studies on what does this mean, this well-being or this, this state of happiness. He says, the pursuit of pleasure has almost no contribution to life satisfaction. So do you see how science is saying that pleasure and happiness, they're not the same. So you can pl- pursue pleasure, but it's not necessarily going to make you happy. In fact, he says it's probably not going to make you happy. Okay? And, and we've seen it's that. It's short-lived. It's right. short-lived. And we saw that yesterday quite a bit, how those who pursue pleasure end up less happy. Okay? Mm-hmm. Unhappy and, and sometimes depressed and even suicidal. He, but he says the pursuit of meaning produces the most lasting effect on happiness. So meaning, what is he talking about here? Well, a sense of purpose or living with a purpose or living with a sense of meaning. So let's talk about Jesus. What was Jesus' purpose? What was his why? Why he got up every morning? Why did he come to this world? For people, I agree with you, to serve. So, here's what Ellen White says in Desire of Ages. He says,
1: he was possessed of one purpose. He lived to bless others.
0: Isn't that beautiful? He was possessed of one purpose. If you were to s- discover that for yourself, you say to yourself, well, why am I doing this? Why, what really gives me joy? This will give you joy, I guarantee you. If you were to get up every morning and you were to live to bless others... What did we discover yesterday? Remember that those who said, I want to be happy, but they were thinking of happiness in terms of just making themselves happy, their level of happiness went down. But when they thought, I want to be happy, and my happiness is connected with your happiness, if you're not happy, I'm not happy, then their level of happiness went up. So, in other words, they considered others more important than themselves. And when you consider others more important than yourself, then you find true happiness.
1: So, what is the so we have to ask ourselves a question? It's this what is the most meaningful activity you can practice that will produce the most lasting happiness? Good question. Right? So, what can I'll ask that again? What is the most meaningful activity you can practice that will produce the most lasting happiness? So, it won't be short lived, right?
0: So, most uh, recently, um, my wife and I. Went to Pugwash, Nova Scotia. Any of you ever been there before? Okay, there is a camp meeting at Pugwash, Nova Scotia. You should put it on your bucket list as something you have to do That's in so your lifetime. It's little. very right by beautiful. The ocean. This is right a seven-day Adventist ocean. campground. It's right by the ocean, and if at camp meeting the sun is shining, there's nothing better and so we were there and, and
1: you have to ask your mommy and daddy to take you there it's so nice. so nice and the
0: water's warm it's mm-hmm. just beautiful so um so we got, we were talking there and then there was a lineup of people they wanted to talk to us afterwards and so this one man came up to me and and I could see this guy was a you know he had done something with himself where he was working outside and he was healthy and he was strong. And, and so I said, so what do you do for a living? And he introduced himself to me. His name was Bob. He said, I am a deep sea fisherman and I've done that my whole life. He's in his eighties. He doesn't look like he's in his eighties, but he looks like strong and healthy. And you know, he's tanned and he looks like a fisherman, but he's really strong. And so I said, you know, that must have been so much fun. I'm trying to imagine what what it would be like. And so he said, ah, it was was the best time of my life. I just love fishing. But he said, what I enjoyed more than that was sharing my faith in Jesus. He said, nothing brought me more joy than sharing my faith in Jesus. And I said, what did you do? Tell me about it. So he said, well, whenever we we were back on the mainland, he says, I would take on my Bible and I would just share it with people, share it with friends. But before I ever did that, I would look for people to help. And so I would see, oh, that person needs help with their roof. And so I would go up there and we'd help them out. Or I'd see that person over there and they need help in their yard. And he says, I was always helping people, helping people, helping people. And then eventually they would say to me, hey, why are you being so helpful? And he'd say, well, because I I have this relationship with Jesus. God, you know, just gives me joy to help people. And they'd say, well, tell me about it. Well, now he has an invitation. And so he would always share his faith. And so he said to me, I'm kind of nervous though. He says, of all the people that I I have had Bible studies with, and they've come into the church, the pastor finally said to me, you are an elder. That means you can baptize just as much as I can baptize. Did you know that an elder could do that? And and he's like, really? And the pastor said, now you have to baptize these people because you brought them into the church. So he says, this Sabbath, I have to baptize these people. He says, I don't know how to baptize people. Can you tell me how to baptize people? And I said, sure, (laughs) no problem. I said, just make sure you don't lose your footing. Because if you lose your footing, you're going to fall down and then they're going to fall down. He's like, I never thought of that. I said, he he said to me, how do I do it? So I showed him how to baptize someone and how to hold your footing right. He says, oh, that's so good. He says, I would have made a mistake. He says, I'm so thankful because he was going to baptize them in the ocean on sabbath isn't that beautiful so the thing that he told me was this the greatest joy that i've experienced as much as i enjoy fishing and i've done it all my life he says the greatest joy is fishing for souls right and and bringing people to jesus it was is so meaningful to me and i said you know what i've discovered the same thing that is so meaningful to serve the lord and to bring people to jesus is the greatest joy that you can ever experience and that that i thought was the greatest thing
1: So, I want to share with you this next quote in Desire of Ages. It says, God could have reached His object in saving sinners without our aid. Okay? Did you get that? I'll read that again. God could have reached His object in saving sinners without our aid. Do you think God can save people without us? Yes. Can He? Yes. How? yes. He could, how could He do it? With the angels? Right? How else? Like you could send his angels to come and save people. How else could he save people without us? He has the power to do that, right? With the angels. What did Jesus
0: say? He could talk through...
1: Rocks. rocks. Exactly.
0: Jesus said, hey, you want these people to be quiet. The rocks will shout if, if the people stop. Right? What else? He could use dreams. And and visions, visions. which he does Mm -hmm. do sometimes. Mm -hmm. But look at what it says here. It says, God could have reached his object in saving sinners without our aid, but...
1: But in order for us to develop a character like Christ's, we must share his work.
0: We must share his work.
1: In order to enter into his joy, the joy of seeing souls redeemed by his sacrifice. We must participate in his labors for their redemption. So Jesus wants us to share. Yeah. And when we share, we will experience joy. His joy. right? So he loves us so much that he wants us to do that. He wants us to experience that.
0: So did you get the definition of the joy of the Lord? What is the definition of the joy of the Lord? seeing, the joy of seeing souls redeemed by his sacrifice. Isn't that beautiful? So take a look at this verse from the book of, sorry, Nehemiah. And it says, the joy of the Lord is my strength. That kind of gives it a larger meaning, doesn't it? Because if the joy of the Lord is my strength, that means my saving souls or my leading other souls to Christ and leading them to redemption that's what gives me strength. Mm-hmm. That's what develops me as a Christian. So this isn't about, I feel guilty because I'm not saving souls and you know they're not going to be saved without... No. This is about me growing mm-hmm. through this and it gives me strength. I am the one who is strengthened by... And, and this, is, this is a beautiful thing that God has given us this so that we can develop our character. Take a look at this.
1: It says, the only way to grow in grace is to be disinterestedly or unselfishly doing the very work which Christ has enjoined upon us. To engage to the extent of our ability in helping and blessing those who need the help we can give them. Strength comes by exercise. Activity is the very condition of life.
0: Did you get that? The only way to grow in grace is by doing what? By unselfishly serving others. And by serving others, that's the only way that we're going to grow. Activity comes by exercise, right? And activity is the very essence of life. So strength comes by exercise and activity is the very essence of life. So have you ever noticed when someone breaks an arm or breaks part of their body and then after they get the cast off and they put their arms next to each other? You notice the muscles atrophy? If you don't use it, what happens? You lose it, right? It just gets less and less. So that's exactly, we need to exercise our faith. So the only way to grow in grace, this is the only way, and the quote continues, it says, those who endeavor to maintain Christian life by passively accepting the blessings that come through the means of grace and doing nothing for Christ are simply trying to, to live by eating without working. And in the spiritual, as in the, in the natural world, this always results in degeneration and decay. So you can't just be consuming, consuming, consuming. What's that going to make you? Healthy or unhealthy? Unhealthy. You need to be active. And so active in your faith, sharing your faith, it grows you as a Christian and you get stronger.
1: And then it, also, it still goes on. There's a last little part of it. It says... A man who would refuse to exercise his limbs would soon lose all power to use them. Mm. Thus, the Christian who will not exercise his God given powers not only fails to grow up into Christ, but he loses the strength that he already had.
0: So, you can't just read your Bible and pray. Read your Bible and pray is really good. And what would the purpose of reading the Bible be? To have a relationship with Christ, mm-hmm. so you're reading it for the purpose of connection with Him.
1: Yeah, to have to develop that friendship, not just to obtain knowledge. Yeah. Right. We 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 need to study the Bible, and that's important. But uh, it's important to read the Bible with the purpose of getting to know Jesus better yeah. and to to forming that to
0: really developing that relationship and that friendship with Him. And then right? as go ahead,
2: that It's then. But what I'm hearing, it's like um, joy, yes, will be um, fate, yes, like the paperclip, yes, because it didn't have, um, you only have a paper clip to change, and you have to depend on the Lord, that's right, with nothing, yes, so we need that faith, yes, mm-hmm. and the faith will bring the works. That's right. Like the service. Absolutely. And, um, because that's what I think um, it's James that said that. Yes. Tell me your faith and yes. um, tell me you faith and I will show you my work. Exactly. Something like that. So to bring, to have joy, yes. then it's not something that comes from us. Yes. It's something that God has to put in
0: us. Absolutely
2: as we are we are
0: selfish that's right babies, that's right and we so own faith own, faith is a gift yeah. absolutely yeah. absolutely
2: so joy is not from us so God has to give us joy So that's we right can, we can give joy to other
0: people right mm-hmm. right okay. so do you have faith in in a person do you have faith in any person Me? Mm-hmm. yeah someone you trust to
2: say that <laughs> people have faith in God. Yes, that's good. Yeah.
0: But do and any I of you, do, yeah. Do. I do try to trust. Do you trust Jackie? Yes, yeah. I do. Yeah, yeah Yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so now this yeah, is the point.
2: No, it's because the thing is, that's what I said. I yeah. trust people, but I know as human, we have our own limits. Sure, of course. Of course, of course. Like that. So that's why I'm always saying that my trust and my faith is in God. So, but yeah. Yeah. So if
0: Jackie came to you and said, um, "Margaret, I would like to borrow your keys to your car. Would you give them to her?" Well,
2: depend on my experience.
0: With yeah, but would you give it to her now, knowing yes, her? I, I, yes, you <laughs> would. Okay. So <laughs> this so is the good.
2: Point
1: is that you <laughs> co- it's very hard to trust someone if you don't know. Exactly.
0: Things. So some stranger comes up to you in the in the shopping mall and says, uh, "Ma'am, can you give me the keys to your car?" What are you gonna say? No. No, because you don't trust them, right? So this is why we read the Bible. We say, Hey, Lord, I trust you, right? And guess what? The more you trust God, you 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 find out that He is trustworthy, mm-hmm. right? And the more you pray to Him and He answers your prayers and you realize, hey, He is trustworthy. Mm-hmm. By the way, He answers all your prayers. Mm-hmm. All of them
1: Even the those who don't
0: it. answer exactly the way you want them to. Mm-hmm. He's still yeah. listening to you and he answers because he's, he's, not, he's not just trying to do what you want. He's too wise for that. Right? He wants to do. He wants to give you exactly what you need. Yeah, And
1: I think we need to remember that prayer is a dialogue and not a monologue. It is absolutely. It's not something that we call as an emergency nine one one when we're in trouble, when we've lost our keys. God, please help us to find our keys. Right? He does that too. He does that too. But I think we need to remember that we need to pray as a dialogue. So we're talking, and we need to listen. God talks to us too. Yeah. Right. So.
0: So here's the point. If we just. We're listening to God. He speaks to us. He's pouring all of this into our lives through reading His Word, through praying, and He's pouring all of His goodness into our lives. We're going to get all stirred up inside, right? And we're going to want to share it with someone. If you go and you discover something really amazing, like I used as an example this morning, if you found a great restaurant, a great Thai food restaurant, and you say, Oh, the food is so good. Do you think it's hard to share that with someone? No, you'll go and share it with them, right? If you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you will have something to say. Okay. You will have something to tell other people. So first, you're you you're sharing. Now You're sharing only because you have received yourself. So if you don't share it, and it's all stirred up inside of you, you're going to become like a caged lion. You're going to get all frustrated. And there's a difference between a caged lion and... A wild lion have any of you seen a, a wild lion in the in out in nature no. in Africa oh good okay is there a difference a caged one? Oh, yeah. oh a caged one looks so different than a wild lion the difference is that that caged one is scared and it knows it and it's anxious and it's just kind of pacing back and forth and it's frustrated the wild one it's out there and it is confident and regal and and it knows that it, when it roars, you better get out of the way, right? Mm-hmm. So he is, he is expressing himself because that's the way he, God has created it. He has created you with that ability and that desire to share your faith. Mm-hmm. If it's good and you know it and you've tasted it, you're going to share it. It's kind of like, but right in the Holy Land is a beautiful illustration. You probably heard it before. It's, the Jordan River comes into two lakes. They're called seas, but they're actually lakes. The one is called the Sea of Galilee, and it receives the Jordan River, and then the Jordan River comes out the end. So it it has a place, an inlet and an outlet. Mm -hmm. And what happens in the Sea of Galilee? Well, you have living fish, and you have living trees on its bank, and people can swim in there, and they can take water from there. It's fresh. But then it continues going down to the lowest point lake in the world, and it's called the Dead Sea, right? Mm-hmm. And in the Dead Sea, it just takes and takes and takes, and it has no outlet. And because it's just receiving and receiving and receiving and never giving, it doesn't have any life in it. So much so that you can go into the Dead Sea and you can float. You can't sink. sink in the because dead there's sea. So much salt, there's right? there's like four and nothing times can live there. and nothing can live there. Mm-hmm. So, can you see the illustration? If we're just taking and taking and taking and never giving, then we're not happy, right? And then we're not we're like the dead sea. But if we 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 take so that we can give, then we will grow.
1: Mm-hmm. So, if if I don't go to work to make a difference for Jesus, Will anyone be lost if I don't go to work?
0: Yes or no? Will anyone
1: be lost if I I don't go?
0: If I don't go, if God has been giving me all these good things and I don't share it with anyone, will someone be lost? Who? That's right, exactly. If I don't share it, I will be lost. Lost, That is the point. Because yeah, gonna be lost. how are you going to grow if you don't share, if you don't exercise your faith, mm-hmm. right?
1: So, if you don't use it, you're going to
0: lose, lose it. it, right? Exactly. So, what happened to the unfaithful servant? Well, the Bible goes on and, and says this in Matthew 25.
1: He says, um, But he who received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. Why? Mm-hmm. Why did he bury his talent and the others invested and multiplied their talents? Just like Carl McDonald turned a red paper clip into a two story farmhouse. Mm-hmm. Right? How can some people multiply what they have and turn something so little into something great while others basically sit on their hands and do nothing?
0: Mm-hmm. This is a good question. So. What happened, continue with the story, and it says in Matthew chapter 25, verse uh, verse 24, it says, and then he who had received the one talent came and he said, Lord, I knew that you are a hard man, reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So what's his view of God? God, you're a hard man. You are a hard man. All you do is you give us stuff and then we have to do all the work and we do all the work, and then you come back one day, and then you're going to just take it all for yourself. Is that the truth about God? See, his view of God was completely distorted. And because his view of God was distorted, he was afraid. And when you're afraid, you won't attempt anything great. Because you're, you have a distorted picture of God. What was he afraid of? He was afraid he was going to fail. Because God's going to come back and and try and take something. Look at what He says here, and it says, "And I was afraid, and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Look, here is yours. <laughs> is that really what God wanted? Mm-mm. No. Mm-mm.
1: He had, he did have a distorted picture of God, and he was uh, afraid that he might disappoint God. Yeah. And so he didn't do anything. He went and hid that talent, right? Because he was afraid to make a mistake. Mm hmm. What? mistakes right we all make mistakes
0: and does god look at you and say oh you failed once you're a failure you know or does god know that we're going to fail does he love us anyway does making mistakes keep us down did any of you ever make a mistake when you were trying to walk yeah did you stay down and you he's like i'm not going to walk no you got up, and you fell again, and you got up, and now you're walking, and we can all walk. Praise the Lord, right? So we learn from our failures. I want to give you a story here of this guy. His name was um, Jim Marshall, and they called him, now this is a bad reputation, wrong way Jim. He played for the Minnesota Vikings, and he was playing in a game against the San Francisco 49ers, and he sucked the quarterback, and the quarterback fumbled the ball. He picked up the ball. And he ran with it all the way for a touchdown the wrong way. And he scored a touchdown on his own side. And he felt so embarrassed. And he went to the bench and uh, the the coach looked at him and said, Jim, you did something no one else has ever done. (laughs) (laughs) This is amazing, Jim. I've never seen anything like that. But Jim... He was actually, if you look at Jim's life, he was an interesting person. When he was young, he just about died from a childhood disease. Uh, he was also playing with a gun one time and he shot himself and <laughs> just about killed himself. Uh, he had done a lot of bad things in his life. He went uh, up into the mountains and he just about froze to death on a, you know, went up on a snowmobile. He, he had made a lot of mistakes. He was like a person with nine lives. And so Jim was like, he was actually the captain of the team. And so here he was a defensive. He was a defenseman. And so he, as a defense uh, on the defensive line, he wasn't used to running, you know, uh, touchdowns. But he didn't give up. He went onto the field, and he actually caused another turnover. And one of his teammates picked up the ball and ran for a touchdown. And they ended up uh, in the right direction. (laughs) And in the closing dying hours of the game, they ended up winning twenty-seven twenty-two. So. He, his leadership on the field you know, caused him to, to actually succeed. So just making a mistake and looking at yourself, oh, I made a mistake, I could feel my, you know, I'm a big failure or whatever, he didn't let that bother him, mm-hmm. right? He just kept going. Just keep getting up.
1: Here's a quote that is so inspirational from Cross Object Lessons. It says, remember this, if you have made mistakes, you certainly gain a victory.
0: Whoa. You
1: see these mistakes and regard them as beacons of warning. Yeah. Thus you turn defeat into victory.
0: You got it? Right. So isn't that positive? Her whole view of mistakes is it's a victory. It's a victory because you can learn from it and you can grow from that.
1: Mm -hmm. So, if you're, if you're not making mistakes, then you're not doing anything, right? <laughs> like the guy who buried his talent, he wasn't doing anything because he was afraid to make mistakes. You see, mistakes are proof that you are trying. So, I hope you all make some mistakes, right?
0: Making mistakes isn't a bad thing, is it? It actually helps you to grow. Good. So making mistakes is actually for our benefit. Take a look at this. I think this is beautiful. This is in Steps to Christ on page 79. It says, The effort to bless others will react in blessing upon who? Ourselves. We ourselves are blessed by blessing others. This was the purpose of God in giving us a part to act in the plan of redemption. His purpose was that we would be blessed. So, Can you see how the, the man with one talent who came in and he was afraid... He had such a distorted picture of God. Mm -hmm. His view was, God, you haven't done anything. You just gave me this talent and now you want to multiply it. I have to do all the work and then I give it to you and then you're just going to take it back for yourself. Not a truth. He was giving it to the man so that the man would grow. Do you get it? So when he gives us these things, it's for our benefit. Yes, go ahead. I'm so sorry. Are we able to just go back two slides? Sure can. You want that? Uh, this This one? That one? Isn't that a beautiful quote? A yeah. <laughs> 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 so you helped out Gil there? Good, good. Okay, here we go. Okay, we're going forward. There you go. Okay. So, the effort to bless others we react in blessing upon ourselves. This was the purpose of God in giving us a part to act in the plan of redemption. He has granted men the privilege of becoming partakers in the divine nature. Wow and in their turn of diffusing blessings to their fellow men. We become like Jesus. Jesus' whole purpose was he came here to bless, right? He he was possessed of one purpose. He lived to bless others. So it wasn't just for for uh, you know our benefit. He came for the sake of others. It says, this is, now this just knocks me like amazing. This is the highest honor, the greatest joy that it is possible for God to bestow upon men. This is the greatest thing God can do for you, is to allow you to work for him. Those who thus become partakers in, in labors of love are brought nearest to their creator. Don't you want that? would that bring you joy y- n- no doubt absolutely no doubt
1: i just want to share with you a story of larry Claridge, and then i think we'll t- it's time for a break right? yeah yeah i'll just share with you about larry he lived in um, the walla walla area and he was an elderly gentleman of 80 years old but he loved jesus and he loved sharing jesus and this one story that I'm going to tell you about now is so remarkable. He was driving home um, in the afternoon one day, and he noticed this um, guy in the ditch, right? And he couldn't seem to get out. And so Larry thought, "I need to help this guy." So he pulled over, and he got out his car, um, out of the car, and he's and when he got to the guy to help him out, he realized that this guy was stone, stone drunk. Uh right and so he eventually helped this guy and got out of this guy where he lived, right, so he said come, helped him to get into the truck and he said listen I'm going to take you home, right, where do you stay, and so you know those camping things that go in the back of a truck it looks like a, kind of looks like a, cramp, a camper, but it, flits, it fits on the back of a truck, right? Well, he was staying in one of those, but it wasn't in a truck. It was just on the ground, mm-hmm. right? Because he eventually got out from this guy where he lived.
0: And it was a vacant lot. Like, no one was there. Mm-hmm. It was like just an old place in the woods. <laughs> he was
1: all alone, you know, in this place. And so Larry helped him, and he got him into this crawled into this um, camper and helped this guy in. And then he, got, he wrote his name down and his phone number, and he said to this guy, if ever you need help, please call me. Mm-hmm. Right? And Larry said, that was the beginning of endless phone calls.
0: So, so someone would them. phone up Larry and say, are you Larry Claridge? And he'd say, yes. And he says, there's someone here who says that they know you, and they're in the bar and uh they're and
1: they're so drunk. Anyth- there's no way this guy's gonna get home right and this would be in the wee hours of the morning so two o'clock larry would get up he would get out of bed at walla walla he would go to the bar and he would take this gentleman home make sure that he got to bed right and this happened often And sometimes this guy was so drunk that Larry was worried that he was going to vomit and he would aspirate on his own vomit and die, Uh right, because he was so drunk. So Larry would stay there in the evening with him, right, crouched up in the camper next to his bed, and when this guy did get sick, he would turn his head to the side to make sure that he didn't um, die and and suffocate and choke choke, right, to death. And then the one day after this happened so many times, this guy said to him, why do you keep on rescuing me? Like why do you keep on rescuing me? And he said, hey man, I rescue you because I have someone and I need someone to keep on rescuing me. I have someone who rescues me. He said, really? What's his name? Because maybe I know him too, you know. And he said, his name is Jesus. I don't know Jesus, never heard of him before. He said, do you want me to tell you about Jesus? Yes, tell me about Jesus. I need you to introduce me to this guy. He said, well, in order for me to tell you about Jesus, you need to get a Bible, Because Jesus is, you'll learn about Jesus in the Bible. Do you have a Bible? He said, no, man, I don't have a Bible. He said, okay, I'm going to get you a Bible, and then you can learn about Jesus, right? And so Larry went and got a Bible, and faithfully, Uh he would go to this man's house, and he would read the Bible with this man, Uh right? And he, he, he prayed. He said, Lord, you need to... Help me to show to show this guy, you know, who I am, and um, and sometimes there would be many times that this guy would fall, and he would Larry would still get the calls from the bar at night to come and rescue him, and um, and he started reading in the Book of John, right? And then one day this guy said to him, um, "Do you go to church?" And Larry said, yes, I go to church. He said, can I come with you to church? And he said, sure. He said, well, what should I wear to church? And and Larry said, well, what do you have? He said, you know what I have. I have jeans and a T-shirt and a baseball cap. And Larry said, man, that's perfect, you know. And so he went and he um, picked him up for church that Sabbath. And sure enough, Larry went to go pick him up, and he was wearing his jeans and his T-shirt and his baseball cap, right? And took him to church that Sabbath.
0: And Larry was like an upstanding member of the community. He was like the head elder. So he walks in, and it's a full church. And they're they're doing, uh, actually, they're on Hope channel and he's walking up and he doesn't tell anybody about this guy and he walks right into the church and they sit right there near the front of the church with this guy with a with a you know blue jeans and a, and a t-shirt and a baseball cap and he doesn't tell anyone just give this guy some slack and everyone's kind of looking at it and no one says a word and so every sabbath this guy keeps coming to church with larry claridge and he keeps on sharing and by the way larry um was related to one of our our um, our students that we taught at Fountain View Academy, mm-hmm. and uh, this is an amazing story uh, that that happened. So mm-hmm. anyway,
1: and so he keeps on going to church, and this guy got to know Jesus yeah. and got to love Jesus, and stopped drinking. He didn't have um, any more drinking addictions to alcohol. And eventually came baptized in the yeah. church. Yeah. Right? So. And so
0: Larry was standing there in the baptistry when this man was baptized. Mm-hmm. Would that be joyful? Yeah. What happens in heaven when one soul is saved? Yeah. There is rejoicing in heaven. Yeah. I wanna want to end with this little quote here and then give you a challenge. It says, If you will go to work as Christ designed, that his disciples shall and win souls for him, look what happens. Look who's the benefactor. Your faith will be strengthened and your soul will drink deeper drafts at the well of salvation. Encountering opposition and trials will drive you to the Bible and prayer. You will grow in grace and the knowledge of Christ and you will develop a rich experience. Who benefits? you do. Okay. So this wasn't about, you know, that the Lord is going to get all these great rewards when he comes back because he has done nothing. He gave us everything and he's going to give us even more. It's so beautiful. Um, So this is the one that I was quoting from before. This is Steps of Grace, page 78. It's, if you will, if you have tasted and seen that the Lord is good, you shall have something to tell. Okay. Page 78. So here's your challenge. The challenge is, every day, ask God to give you opportunities and the drive to make a specific difference for Him in the life of at least one person. You want to take up the challenge? Do you think God can do that for you? I promise you, if you pray that at the beginning of the day, He will send people to you. And you're going to say, oh, He's doing it. And, you will have, and you're going to get kind of nervous. You know, you get people coming to you and then they'll say, can you pray with me? And, they, and you know that person for a long time and you've never prayed with them. And you don't pray out, out loud, you know? And then all of a sudden you're just like, Lord, help me to pray, right? <laughs> and then you got to learn how to do that. And, and He's going to send people to you for your sake so that you can grow and your joy will be full. If you're unhappy, this is the best way to make yourself happy. Okay? I want to finish this. I love this quote. I love the one after it. But I want to give this one to you. <laughs> if we wish to do good to souls, listen to this, if, if you wish to do good to souls, our success with these souls will be in proportion, now follow this, to their belief in our belief and appreciation of them. Did you get that? So, if you want to do well for others, you've got to get them to believe that you believe in them. Do you get that? If they believe that you believe in them, you'll be able to save their soul. Okay? If you truly believe in them and they believe that you believe in them, see, when you look for the best in others, what does it do? It brings out the best in them. My wife wanted, wants to give this to you because i got to keep quiet. Go ahead. Share that one. Look at this. Look at this. This is an amazing quote. I mean, you're just going to just say, wow, wow, this is good. Okay
1: not one should we even think of failure we are to cooperate with one who knows
0: no No failure failure.
1: let's say that together yeah
0: not Not once should we even think think of of failure we are are to cooperate cooperate with with one who knows no no failure. failure right god can't fail so you you are not a failure when you're with god You are a success. Just keep with him. It's the best investment you can do with your life is give everything to him and and trust him and he will bring the best out of your life. So, he believes in you, right? And believe it that he believes in you because he's trusting you to represent you, represent him in front of people, his children, okay? So that's a wonderful thing. Let's just pray before uh, we take a break and then we'll be right back here, okay? Let's just pray. Father in heaven, thank you so much that you... Trust us so much with representing you to others. You have poured that that love for you into our hearts, and um, and we have tasted and seen that you are good. We have something to tell, and bless us to tell it with enthusiasm, with with truth on our lips, and just give us the wisdom and the ability to do it, and and with confidence. We pray and thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. This media was brought to you by Audioverse